too loud? It sounds very loud to me. It's okay? Okay, all good. Amen. Are we ready to receive the word this morning? Yes, glory be to God. Amen. If you have watched the promotion video, you know what I'm going to preach on. That was given on Sunday, last Sunday, when I got home. I got the topic, the power to serve. Praise the Lord. The power to serve. How many of you want the power to serve God? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Well, this was given to me. This scripture was the rhema that was given to me this morning when I woke up. Amen. To wait on the Lord. Let's go to Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15 in the English Standard Version. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. A very powerful scripture. When Joshua was by Jericho, you know that was Jericho, the world. Jericho is where the captives need to be set free. Jericho was the city that needs to be taken. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him. Now, this person appeared as a man. But praise the Lord, Joshua knew that he was more than just a man. Was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. Who is this? Who is this? Who do you think he is? He is Jesus. Jesus appeared to Joshua before the battle. And he appeared as a man. But Joshua realized, he recognized, this is more than just a man. And this is the way that we need to relate to Jesus. This is the way that we need to relate to Jesus. Don't just relate to him as a man. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Are you for us or for our adversaries? Usually that's the way we think. And let's listen. And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. As soon as the person said that, the entrance of his word bringeth light. It bringeth understanding to the simple. Those who are simple in heart, not complicated. The word brings light to those who are simple in heart. And right away you saw Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. And said to him, what does my Lord, this is what I want you to see this morning. What does my Lord say to his servant? What does my Lord say to his servant? The power to serve. And let's continue with verse 15. And the commander of the Lord's army. You have to understand that Jesus has an army that he commands. And that's why you can't relate to him just as an ordinary man. And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet. Sandals are made by men, not by God. Sandals are made by men, but your feet are made by God. 
Take off your sandals with your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. Your standing with God will make the place where you are standing holy. As soon as he took off his sandals, which were made by men, and as soon as he stood with his feet on the ground, the place where he was standing became holy. And listen to this, and Joshua did so. With no arguments, with no arguments, no need for an explanation. What did Joshua have? He had the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. He had the fear of God, absolute obedience, perfect submission, perfect delight. I don't know if you know that song. What did Jesus remind him of? Jesus said he must stand in holiness. His standing must be holy, free from all evil, so that he could take the evil one, so that he could take the devil's city. Why? Because we need to understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We are not fighting people, but we are fighting devils all the time. And you can't win the battle unless you stand in holiness, unless you stand strong in righteousness. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And our righteousness is not found in who we are. Our righteousness is not found in how we treat everybody. Our righteousness can only be found in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. It is a gift given to you. It is a gift given to me. It is God who justifies who is he that condemns. The spirit of condemnation is of the devil. When you hear a voice that is condemning you, that's the voice of the enemy. Amen. If you look at Paul, if you look at the apostle Paul, so powerful in his ministry, I want you to look at his statement in Acts chapter 27, verse 23. He said, Whose I am and whom? to Jesus. Nobody else. I love my husband, but I don't belong to him. I love everybody, but I don't belong to you. Whose I am and whom I serve. This is so powerful. We need to understand that we're always serving. We're always serving. How? By being who you are. You are serving by being who you are. And you don't ever stop serving. It's either you serve God or you serve the devil. The choice is mine. You don't ever stop serving. You serve God with your will. You serve God with your thoughts. You serve God with your emotions. You serve God with your attitude. You serve God with your meditations. You serve God all the time. Amen. Either you serve God or you serve the devil. You are never neutral. Never. None of us, never, never neutral. It's the choice that we make all the time. The choice that we make all the time. Your home church, 
your home church, please, please listen to Kingdom Warriors Lesson 2. Your home church, your home church is where you serve God and serve the body of Christ that God had placed you. I believe in divine appointment. I believe in divine allotment. God is the one to place us. If you read the Old Testament, God said to them, go where? Go to where I have assigned you to eat. Go to where I've appointed you to eat. It's important you go where the Lord assigns you to. Your home church is where you serve God, is where you serve the body of Christ. We don't just come and go. Amen. If you are not casual, then you will not have casualty. <laughs> There are no casual soldiers as far as the army of the Lord is concerned. Amen. If you are not casual in your attitude, then you won't have casualties in your life. My servant, I looked it up 70 times in the Bible. Abraham, Jacob, Job, Moses, David, Caleb. They are all called my servants. God said, look at my servant, Job. Look at my servant, Abraham. Look at my servant, Moses. So are we all servants of God? Are we all servants of God? Absolutely. Absolutely. A servant of God is found. I once was lost, but now I'm found, right? A servant is found, chosen, covenanted, and anointed. Amen. Say to yourself, I'm found, chosen, covenanted, anointed. So we are all servants. Do we grow in our capacity to serve? Absolutely. You shouldn't be a Christian for 10 years and you still have not started serving in your home church. We all need to grow in our capacity to serve. So where do we start? You start with doing scripture reading, like Pega did this morning. You start with being in the welcoming team. You start with being in the catering team. You start with praying at the beginning of the service. That's what Wendy did. You start with praying at the end of the service. Let me ask you, who is the greatest servant? How many of you know that before Jesus went to the cross, his disciples had a foolish game? <laughs> What's the foolish game they played? Who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? The Bible says that it's foolish to compare. How come Pastor Dora is praising him and not praising me? It's foolish to compare. Guess who that thought is from? The devil. Let me ask you a legitimate question. Who is the greatest servant in history? Who is the greatest servant in history? Jesus. Come on, say with me, Jesus. Jesus. He is the servant. He is the king. Jesus is the servant and Jesus is the king. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Look at Luke chapter 22, verse 27. Luke 22, verse 27. Look at the last part of that verse. I am among you as the one who serves. I'm among you as the one who serves. Amen. It is the will of God for us to serve him in whatever capacity. It is the will of God that we serve him. Go with me to Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. I believe that as the word of God is being preached, the word of God will make you the person that God designs you to be. The Word of God will make you do what the Word of God says to do. I believe that. As I preach, the power goes into you. As I preach, the power goes into you to be whom God has called you to be and to do what God says to do. Can we say amen? Lift up your hands with me and say, I receive. Amen. Glory be to God. It is God's will for us to serve Him. Look at Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. The Lord... What's the meaning of the word Lord? What is the English modern equivalent to the word Lord? My boss. My boss. My boss. You come to me and you complain somebody else who is serving. You complain against the boss. What do you think you'll get? Fired. Gone. The Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh. Pharaoh is also Lord, but he's the Lord of Egypt. He's the Lord of the Gentiles. He's the Lord to those who do not know God. The Lord said to Moses, his servant, now go into Pharaoh and say to him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. What's the purpose? Come on, read that together with me. One, two, three. That they may serve me. Wow. The reason why you and I have been delivered from Egypt is so that we can serve him. It's so that we can serve him. This will change your life forever. It's so that we can serve him. The Pharaoh is the devil himself. Deliverance is in serving God. The more I love to serve him, the more the devil cannot touch me. Amen. The deliverance power is in serving. I want you to read this for yourself. As soon as the, the priest's garment was taken from Aaron, right away he dropped dead. God did not punish him. How come he wasn't punished when he was making the golden calf? Because his calling protected him. And as soon as the calling left, boom, he died. You need to understand that. Look at Daniel chapter 3 verse 17. Daniel chapter 3 verse 17. Well, somebody says that Jesus is always good, right? Jesus is the loving, loving, loving God. Now all the time. You better read your Bible. You better read the book of Revelation. Our God is, just now we have read in Joshua, he came with a drawn sword. He's the Lamb of God to those who would receive him. To those who would not receive him, he's the commander in chief. 
of his army. Amen. We need to understand that there is a difference. Daniel chapter 3 verse 17. If this be so, our God whom we serve. Our God whom we serve is able to what? Deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us. He will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And be it not so, be it, unto, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Can you see the equivalence between serving and worshiping? To serve means to worship. To worship means to serve. And listen to their voice. It's the voice of Loyalty. It's the voice of faithfulness. It's the voice of dedication. It's the voice of devotion. It's the voice of consecration. Can we say amen? So let me ask you a question. Were the Hebrew children delivered from the fire which was heated up seven times more? Were they delivered? Absolutely. Was Paul delivered from the shipwreck? And those who travel with him? Absolutely. Serving God is one of the temptations that Jesus won for us. Go with me to Luke chapter 4 verse 8. Luke chapter 4 verse 8. Remember how many temptations did Jesus have? And one out of the three is on serving God. Luke chapter 4 verse 8. Jesus answered them. Luke chapter 4 verse 8. Jesus answered and said unto them, get thee behind me, Satan. This is what you need to talk to the voice that talks to you. When the voice of the enemy is talking to you, what do you say? Get thee behind me. Leave. Okay. You shall worship the Lord your God. And him only shall you serve. You don't serve a company. You don't serve a person. You don't serve Pastor Dora. You don't serve your kids. You don't serve your spouse. Him only shall you serve. Why is it so when you're sick, your spouse can help you? When you're in troubles, your kids can help you? When you have a problem, your pastor in the flesh cannot help you. Only who can help you? Jesus. Only who can help you? The Lord. Who is your Lord? Who is your Lord? Jesus. Who saved you to begin with? Jesus. Who is the Lamb of God? Jesus. Where's your sin now? On the Lamb of God. He's your sin bearer. Can we say amen? So let me ask you another question. Doesn't he deserve your loyalty? Doesn't he deserve your faithfulness? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Serving God gives you the authority to tell the devil to leave. You have no authority if that hasn't been delegated unto you. Amen. Your service unto God delivers you from evil and protects you from evil. It is the will of God for me to be delivered from bondage to serve him. 
Say to the person next to you, you've been delivered from bondage to serve God. Amen. How many of you had a strong desire to serve God when you first got born again? It is in you. That's your first love. That's why Jesus said to the church in the book of Revelations, remember, you've done everything well, but you've left your first love. Read the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 especially. Every time he said, repent, repent, or you will lose this. Repent, repent, or I will take this away from you. There's no restoration without repentance. We have to know our God. Grace is not cheap. Grace comes with the blood of Jesus. Conviction is unto repentance. We are saved because we repented. Repentance changes your position from the devil's dominion to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. The power to serve. The power to serve is called your calling. It's called the anointing. Now, don't ever think that I leave it to Pastor Dora and her team to do everything. I just come to church every Sunday. Don't even think like that. It is for your good that you start serving in your church. It is for your good that you start serving in your home church. You start serving. You help with anything in the church and be ready to help and help with a good attitude, not complaining, not grumbling. And serve with being early for church, not late. Early for church, early. Amen. Glory be to God. The power to serve is called the calling, is called the anointing. Esther had that, Samson had that, David had that. Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, they all call themselves the servant of the Lord. So it is a title of honor. It's a title of honor. It's a title that distinguishes you so that the devil cannot touch you. Touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. That's spoken to the devil. And when you serve... The devil can see you different. When you serve, you become distinguished. You are different from the people around you. It is a position of delegated authority from the Lord. A distinguished position for leadership, for influence, and for battles. Here's the key. You need to appreciate what has been given to you. We all make this mistake. It's called the mistake of familiarity. Familiarity breeds what? Contempt. You start to look down on what you have. You start to look down on whom you are, whom you are with. And then you start to grumble. And you start to complain. This happened to the people who were with Moses. They forgot the calling that was on him. They forgot that God had called him. They forgot that he was their commander-in-chief. And they started to complain. And they started to grumble. And they all died in the wilderness. It's not a good place to be. 
Amen. Let's look at the spirit of a servant of God. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. And it's repeated in Joshua 22 verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Now don't ever forget that God is your Lord. Come on, say with me, Lord. Lord. One more time, Lord. Lord. One more time, Lord. He's not just God, he's Lord. Now, what does the Lord your God required of you, required of you? That means it's a requirement. Require of you, but to fear the Lord your God. Reverential worship. To walk in all of his ways and to love him. And read this together with me. One, two, three. And to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. This is the book of Deuteronomy. That you should be above only and not beneath the head and not the tail. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed coming out. Deuteronomy. Go with me to Psalm 123. We are talking about a wholehearted, sincere, heartfelt devotion, dedication, and consecration. A servant's heart is pure towards his master. A servant's heart is pure towards his master. We don't ever think bad of the master. Psalm 123, well, you said, Pastor Dora, I don't think I've ever thought bad about God. Are you sure? Why didn't God do this? Why did God allow me to get sick? (laughs) How come I still haven't got my prayers answered? Guess who's talking? The enemy of your soul. He's called the enemy not only because he's God's enemy, he's our enemy. He's the enemy of your soul. He wants to destroy you. He wants you to have a bad life. He wants you to be sick. He wants you to be poor. He wants you to lose your marriage. He wants you to to lose everything you have. He wants you to live in shame. He wants you to live in guilt. He wants you to live in condemnation. He wants you to be mentally harassed. He's not only the enemy of God. He's the enemy of us. He's the enemy of God because he's our enemy. And Jesus is the captain of the host. And we need to obey him. It's called righteousness. It's the right thing to do. Amen. Glory be to God. Psalm 123. Look at the heart of God towards his servants. Towards his servants. Behold. Uh, Did I say Psalm 123, verse 2? Yes. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon me. Can you see that attitude? That's David. He said, my eyes are on the Lord, like the servant's eyes on the master, like the maiden's eyes on their mistress. So our eyes wait upon the Lord so that I can see, so that I can see where to go, 
how to do things. Remember we sang that song? Be thou my vision. That powerful hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Go to Exodus chapter 23, verse 25 to 26. Verse 23, chapter 23, verse 25 to 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God. Look at this. Serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. There shall nothing cast the young or be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. Fully fill every day of your life. Fulfill. Look at all the advantages that God gives to his servants. Wow. This is the covenant that we have with God. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. So let me ask you, is it the will of God for you to be sick? No. Is it the will of God for you to be poor? No. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Now go with me to Psalm 35 verse 27. Psalm 35 verse 27. Look at what God does for his servants. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. The reason why you serve is because you have brought into the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what did David say? What did he say? Isn't there a cause? Isn't there a cause? You must know the reason, okay? That favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, all the time, let the Lord be magnified in all that I do. Be magnified in all of my service. The Lord be magnified, be magnified, not me, not myself. The Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of, in the prosperity of, one more time, louder. In the prosperity of his servants. Amen. Well, you say, but Pastor Dora, I don't think I have enough talents to serve the Lord. I'm not good with computer. I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with people. I am not good with skills. Now go with me to Exodus chapter 35, verse 31. This is from the Amplified Bible. I want you to know that I was the most stupid person that had ever lived on the face of the earth before I got saved. I was very stupid. I was very slow. <laughs> I was very, very stupid. I suffered a lot from anxiety. I suffered a lot from inferiority. Okay? But all that I have received, I've received from the Lord. All that I have got, I receive from him. Now look at Exodus 30, Exodus 35, verse 31 to 35. And he has filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and wisdom, with intelligence and understanding, and with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze. Continue, please. In cutting of stones for setting, in carving of wood for work in every skilled craft. And God has 
put in Bauzau's heart that he may teach. Because, you know, a lot of times you know what to do, but you don't know how to teach others to do it, right? That he may teach both he and a holy up. And let's continue with that to the next uh, verse. And uh, where's that? 35. He has filled them with wisdom, the wisdom of the heart and the ability to do all manner of craftsmanship, of the engraver, of the skillful workman, of the embroiderer in blue, in purple, in scarlet, all kinds of stuff, and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of those who do or design. Continue, please. Design a... Next one? No, that's it. Okay. Praise the Lord. Or design any skilled work. So lift up your hands and receive all the skills that had been mentioned. Intelligence, wisdom, skills, all kind of skills. Workmanship. Glory be to God. Amen. Now go to Exodus 36, verse 1 to 2. Exodus 36, 1 to 2 from the Amplified Bible. Okay, let's go from the third line. From the third line. Put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all the work for the service of the sanctuary. Shall work according to all that the Lord has commanded. Go to verse 2. Go to verse 2. Well, you said, but I am not Moses. I'm not Bezel. I'm not a Holiab. Well, are you in the every? Are you in the every? Are you in the whosoever? <laughs> yes. And every able and wise-hearted man in whose mind the Lord has put wisdom and ability, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. So where do, where, where, where do all that come from? The heart that stirs you up. The heart that calls you to serve. How many of you would receive that heart? The heart of a servant. The heart that says, I want to serve. I want to serve. Come on, lift up your hands. I want to serve. I want to serve my God and my King, my deliverer, my healer. Amen. The protection for service. We need to understand that it's a life of service unto the Lord. It is not a job. You are now serving a company, a boss, a church. You are serving God. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. And whatsoever you do, this includes emptying the bin. This includes washing the toilets. This includes... Preparing for communion, this includes praying, this includes singing, this includes pray, playing the keyboard, drumming the guitar, drumming the drums. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily. This includes people knowing you that you are serving. This includes people watching you because you are on stage. This includes people who don't know you are behind the stage. This includes working in the night hours. People already, everyone is sleeping. This includes waking up in the morning when everybody is still sound asleep in bed. Whatever you do, do it Hardly as to the Lord and not unto men. Why? 
Here's the reason, verse 24. Remember, what's the order last Sunday? Wisdom first or understanding first? Wisdom first. Wisdom caused Peter to step out of the boat. And the understanding came. Jesus said, come to me. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. We, every one of us have an inheritance, but you need to have it released into your life. Your inheritance had been given to you because of your position as a believer. But your inheritance needs to be released to you as you serve the Lord. That's why the word of God says, not only be a hearer, but also a doer. Amen. Listen to this, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Now, for those of us who know English, what's the meaning of the preposition for? What's the meaning of the preposition for? What's another word for it? Because. Because you serve the Lord Christ. How do I know that? In my heart. Who am I serving? In my heart. Amen. This protects us from idolatry, protects us from having a wrong spirit which attracts demons. Remember Jesus said that no man can serve two masters. It's not an advice. It's not a statement of intimidation. It's a statement of fact. Either you serve God or you serve yourself. And what's the number of the Antichrist? Triple six. Six is the number of a man. Narcissism is on the rise. You know what is a narcissistic spirit? You know what is narcissism? A man who kept looking at himself in the pond and he all the time was admiring himself. Narcissism is self-love. That's triple six. If you don't serve God, you will serve yourself. It's either or. Either or. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and mammon. Come on, money, money, money. What's money for? For yourself. That's the spirit of the world. So unadulterated service is our protection. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 74. Luke chapter 1, verse 74. That he would grant unto us, referring to the Lord, referring to God, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies. How many of us have been delivered out of the hand of our enemies? Lift up your hands. Amen. That we being, that's present tense, delivered out of the hand of our enemies, what's the purpose? Read that together with me. One, two, three. Might serve him without fear, without intimidation, without feeling threatened, intimidated, condemned, but serve him in safety, in security, in joy, and in peace. All of that is in your heart, in your mind. Let's look at the heart of a servant, the attitude of serving. Go with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 40. 
Are you enjoying this? Yes. Luke chapter 10, verse 40. It's good for you to go back, like sometimes, you know, when you're going through difficult times, go back to the past sermons and just draw out your drawer and listen. Luke chapter 10, verse 40. Martha, Martha. <laughs> How many of us know Martha very well? Amen. That's a spirit, okay? But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Like she made a fuss about serving and came to the Lord, came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you not care that my sister had left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Wow. <laughs> Have you heard of the statement that says to shoot two birds with one stone? That's what she's doing. <laughs> she's attacking Jesus. Don't you care? Tell her what to do. <laughs> she's attacking Jesus and she's attacking her sister at the same time. One shot against two birds. Okay, the word cumbered means mentally occupied, distracted by laboring and toiling. Be very, very careful that you don't work too much. When your mind tells you you need to stop, you better stop. She was consumed by her work. She meant well, but she was too natural. She was relating to Jesus. Remember, I told you Joshua, when he saw Jesus as a man, Joshua did not relate to him as a man. Joshua related to him as his master. But Martha related to Jesus as a natural person. But what's the difference between Martha and Mary? Martha said, do something for me. Tell Mary to help me. But Mary related to Jesus at the supernatural level. He is my source. He is my function of life. He is the source of my life. He is the source of my healing. He is the Lord who raised Lazarus from the dead. Mary related to Jesus at the supernatural level. And Jesus recommended her. What did Jesus say? Jesus said to Martha, Mary had chosen the best spot. And no one, no devils could take that away from her. Thank you, Jesus. The best spot. Wisdom is the principal thing. Serving must be by revelation and by grace, not by struggling and toiling. No one can serve God without his anointing and his grace. We need to understand we must serve and be served. What are you talking about? As we serve God, God serves you his grace, his anointing. As you serve him, he serves you. As you serve him, he serves you. 
with all of his grace, his benefits, his anointing, his lordship. So that means the more I serve, the more grace I receive. The more I serve, the more anointing I receive. It is the principle of sowing and reaping as my eyes are on him. Can we say amen? Go to Luke chapter 15, verse 29. Luke 15, verse 29. We have had people that says, no, we don't believe in this prosperity gospel. Well, you choose. Do you want prosperity or do you want poverty? How many of us want poverty? No. Poverty is a mentality. Poverty is the way you think. You may have a lot of money, but you still have a poverty mentality. Go with me to Luke chapter 15, verse 29. How many of you know this story that Jesus said, that Jesus told about the prodigal son? How many of you have heard the story of the prodigal son? Yes. All right, go to Luke chapter 15, verse 29. Who is talking? Come on, tell me. Who's talking? The elder brother. The brother who had done everything right, prim, and proper. Okay, so he answering said to his father, Lo, all these many years do I serve you? Neither transgressed I at any time. Oh, he thought so. <laughs> he said, I've served you all these years. I've never made any mistake at any time, you know. I've never broken any of your commandments. Listen to this. And yet you never gave me a kit that I might make merry with my friends. Look at this attitude. Look at this spirit. I work so hard. God, you pay me so little. You didn't even look at my work. What did he have on the inside of him? Anger. He's very, very angry. He's angry also by competitive jealousy. Instead of rejoicing that his brother had come home, he got so angry. And because he was so angry, he became driven and he had an accusing spirit. He did not understand his father. He did not know the heart of his father. And he started attacking and accusing his father. And he had an earning attitude and a mean spirit. I should have earned this, you know. So angry. Because you're so unfair. Look at how much you're fussing over my wayward brother. Why? Because he did not know the nature and the heart of his father. He did not know that his inheritance was available to him all the time. He's gone into this earning, deserving mentality. What is that? That is to live under the law. If you live under the law, you break one commandment, you break it all. Ten commandments were given, but even if you break one commandment, you break all of them. What is the purpose of the law? Is the law for us to accuse somebody? Is the law for us to judge somebody? Is the law for us to judge ourselves? The law says that if you've done wrong, you are wrong. You haven't done right. 
The law says that you've done right, but you haven't done right enough. The law says you have done right many times, but you haven't done right all the time. The law brings condemnation. It is God who justifies who is he that condemns. A condemning, critical, judgmental spirit against anybody is of the devil. Because we can't earn anything. And what is the purpose of the law? To prove to you that you can't earn nothing. That's the law. The law is to prove to us that we are sinners. Without God, you can't do anything right. Without God, you can't do right enough. Without God, you can't do all the time right. What is right? The law is used to bring us to grace. To bring us to salvation. To bring us to Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God. Amen. So stop living by the law. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. I need to continue this, okay? Luke 17, verse 7 to 9. We need to understand that God works by principles. It's just like the sun that comes up every morning. You know, the rain that comes down from the sky. All these are principles. You know, when you do high school, when you do university, it's called physics, all right? So in the realm of the spirit, there are principles. Well, you say, how come I've prayed for that long and God still hasn't answered my prayer? Because you haven't engaged the Holy Spirit enough. You've just prayed for two minutes and then you finish. You need to engage him. You need to engage the Holy Ghost. You need to engage the spirit of prayer. You need to engage the spirit of petitions. If you look at Luke chapter 17 here, we explained Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 9. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterwards you can go eat and drink yourself? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? And what's the answer? No. Let me ask you a very practical question. Well, this seems like, sounds like so harsh. Well, God is saying if you were the master, you know, and you have your servants plowing the field, keeping your sheep, and you've come into the house, or you ask your servant, come, you know, prepare the dinner for me, get dressed, prepare, because, you know, that's the, the Jewish customs. You know, you can't serve when you are not well dressed. So get dressed, come and serve me. And will the master say to the servant, you know, come and sit with me? No. Will the master say to the servant, thank you? No. Wow, that's very harsh. Let me ask you, when you go to a restaurant for your dinner, when you go to the restaurant for your meal, let's say even McDonald's, when you go there and you buy your burger, you go there and you buy your drink, would you invite the waiter to come sit with you? Will you? 
when you go yamcha, <laughs> will you invite the waiter to come sit with you? Will you invite those who are serving dim sum to come sit with you? Would you go chase after them and say, thank you, thank you, thank you? No. Why? Because that's their role. That's their job. That's the structure. That's the structure of the kingdom that we function in. Go with me to Luke chapter 17, verse 10. Look at the Amplified Bible. This is Jesus talking, not me, okay? Even so on your part, when you have done everything that was assigned and commanded you, we're talking about battles. We are talking about soldiers. Let's say you have a team of soldiers warring and battling in the field. And that soldier started to complain about his commander in chief. What would you do? Take that soldier away. Take him out. Why? Because he could be a traitor. Because his heart is not with his master. So listen to this, even so on your part, when you have done everything that was assigned and commanded, you say, we are unworthy servants. The word unworthy means possessing no merit. We have not gone beyond our obligation. We are merely servants. We have merely done what was our duty to do. Our God-given assignments, our parts in the big picture, our functions in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Like your eyes are made for sight, your ears are for hearing, your nose are for smelling. You don't wake up every day in the morning and say, thank you eyes, thank you nose. Do you? Thank you, Jesus. Humility is a key ingredient of godliness. God gives grace to the humble. The grace is given to serve the master. This protects us from a rebellious spirit. Let, let us not forget Lucifer. Who was Lucifer before he fell? A serving chariot. He was a servant before he fell. Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 10, verse 24. Matthew 10, 24. This is Jesus speaking. This is a very powerful lesson. Please take it to your heart. The disciple is not above his master, nor his servant above his Lord. I want to read it from the Amplified Bible, Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Say with me, not above my master. Not above my Lord. Go with me to Luke chapter 6 verse 40 in the Amplified Bible. A pupil. What's another word for pupil? Student. A pupil is not superior to his teacher. But everyone when he's completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to right and perfected will be like his teacher. So what's the message here? Our likeness comes from submission. 
Our likeness comes from participation. Our likeness comes from training. Our likeness comes from delegation. Why do we have authority? It's because it's been delegated to us. Why do we have talents? Because they have been given to us. Because we have been trained. Why do I have what I have? Because they have been given to me. We have been put into this position called grace to partake of the nature of Jesus Christ to have what he has. And then you are promoted to be in the position of a servant so that you can influence all those that are around you for good. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Let's finish with this. Luke chapter 22 verse 26. Luke 22, verse 26. What did Jesus say? The devil is territorial, possessive, ambitious. The devil wanted Jesus to bow down to worship him. Remember that? But God is not like that. The servants of God are not owners. The servants of God are channels and stewards. Say to the person next to you, you are a channel, you are a steward. We are not possessive and we are not territorial. Can we say amen? But you shall not be so, but he that is greatest, if you think you are the greatest, let him be as the younger. Hey, this is good news for us elders. So if you think you're old, say you're young, all right? Let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. Can I ask you, what did Jesus do? Uh, remember, uh, they had a room, and they hired a room, and they forgot to put the servant there because it's a Jewish custom. Before you enter in, you know, your feet need to be washed by the servants. But they forgot that, all right? So people were coming into the room without their feet washed, what did Jesus do? He got a towel and he got a bucket of water and he did the lowest job of a Hebrew servant. He washed the feet of all of his disciples. The dirtiest part. The dirtiest part. And Peter, you know, he felt bad because he, you know, he had a, an earning mentality. It's very hard for people to receive because we would like to earn rather than receive. So Peter said, no, 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 don't wash my feet. You don't, no, don't, don't do this to me. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, you have no part in me. So it is from that position that we read John chapter 13, verse, John 13, verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Offense comes all the time. There's no such thing called perfect people. That will never offend you. So you need to empty your bin 
every day. Get out of what, get rid of what's toxic. Get rid of what's not good for you every day. Don't wait for years to empty them out. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash whose feet? Well, you say, I love to wash the feet of Jesus. Jesus did not say, wash my feet. <laughs> he said, wash one another's feet. That includes your husband. That includes your wife. My husband will say, good news now. Dora is coming home to wash my feet. <laughs> one another's feet. Can we say amen? <laughs> For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Humility is the highest position for us that every Christian needs to take. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone here that you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I want to give you this opportunity to lift up your hands. Anyone here, you say, I'm receiving this sermon today. I'm receiving this sermon. I won't be like Martha. I won't be like the, the elder son. No, that's not my heart. It's not, that's not my heart. I come to you, Lord. I come to you. I come to you just as I am. I take my position of humility. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I'm so thankful for your words that have brought me light, that have brought me understanding. If that's your heart, stand up with me now. If that's your heart, then stand up with me. I take the position of a servant. I humble myself. I repent that in the past I had not been actively serving God or in the past that I had served him but with a wrong spirit. I repent of the past that I had grumbled, I had complained. I had attacked people. Lord, I come to you in true repentance. I come to you in true repentance. To get rid of the bad. I don't want the devil to have any part in my life. I give no foothold to the enemy. I am your servant. And I will serve you faithfully all the days of my life. In good times and in tough times. I stay faithful to your calling. On my life and I will do the good jobs and the difficult jobs I will do what everybody sees and what everybody does not see I will do all unto you thank you Lord thank you If I can have the music team to come on stage, please.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.